I really feel hugely privileged. I was going to start off by introducing myself as, um, as Dave Edwards, uh, who works in a, a, a public relations company in Singapore that uh, Ranjit has hired to come along today and um, to say a lot of nice things about, about Ranjit and your church. Um, I was going to start off like that as a, as a sort of an ironic joke and, um, you know, just explaining some of the things about Ranjit, how great he is and, you know, sort of Nobel material and should be addressing the UN and deserves a professional modeling contract for his good looks and, and uh, you know, his PhD in engineering, all this, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then what I was going to say was, uh, I'm just completely joking, okay, <laughs> uh, to make the point that uh, that if I, if I came to say that, that would actually be too low. That would actually be too low. Because wh what are some earthly uh, rewards and some earthly accolades? Because, um, by the way, I'm not Dave Edwards, okay? I'm Andrew Purchase. <laughs> Everyone calls me Perch. Um, and uh, you're welcome to too. Because what, what I really feel like God wants to say to you this morning is, um, is how highly he thinks of you all. Uh, how highly God thinks of you all. Um, I, I really, uh, just, just before I get into the text, I really feel like I have a message from God for you this morning to say how highly he thinks of you all. Um, in particular, the leaders. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Ranjit and Deepa and Rajesh and uh, the rest of the team. Um, I am 44. I've lived in Africa. I've lived in Asia. Um, I've been around the block a couple of times. I've been a Christian for about 28 years. I've seen leaders come and go. And uh, what, what I want to tell you is Ranjit is a gem. Okay? Ranjit is a gem. And, I, and I'm not just saying this because... Uh, I work in a PR firm and I'm contracted to say this, okay? <laughs> That's the irony. That's the joke side. But, but, but this, uh, this is sincere coming from me is I really, I really think Ranjit is, is, a, is, a, is an incredible leader. And I think what God is doing in you and in your church is, um, is something quite wonderful and quite marvelous. Uh, I, was, I was able to come and visit you in, in uh, February and uh, truly, and, and, I'm, and I'm not just saying this, it was, it was honestly some of the, the happiest times of my life, truly. I was on I was on a happiness high for almost every minute that I was that I was uh, there visiting with you and and uh, being in your great city. Um, I, I find your country and I find Delhi enchanting. It I was absolutely smitten. It really really won my heart. Um, and I and uh, you as a people, I think there is something very special and something very wonderful that is going on in your in your midst. On one hand, it's just so unfortunate that COVID is, has kind of come and done its COVID thing. Um, but but I, I, want to, I want to encourage you uh, from God today to look at the big picture. And I want to tell you, uh, as, an, as an outside point of verification and validation, uh, looking in from Singapore in, in, into your country, just what an incredible thing God is doing with you. And I, and I want to urge you to, to, to hold on, to, uh, to hang in there. Um, and, and to keep building this church that Jesus is building. All the, all the pressure and all the emphasis is on him. Um, we just have a, a small uh, contribution to make. Okay, so, so that is my introduction. But uh, now what we can do is get to, uh, oh gosh, sorry, that is the, uh, the wrong. Uh, if I do, uh, you can... Uh, 
you can you can see that saying the Beatitudes, right? Sorry, I've had a bit of a. You got it. Okay, good. So this is uh, what I want to talk on today is on the Beatitudes. So let's just go through them again. You, you, it was so well read just now, um, but it would be great if uh, you could um, just, we could just read it again um, uh, uh, once more. And it goes like this. Um, verse one and two is the introduction. Verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, I want to ask you a profound question this morning. Which, which beatitude is screaming loudest to you this morning? That's my question. Which beatitude do you connect with the most on an emotional level? Which one has got your attention today? And uh, I'm going to keep quiet now for the next 30 seconds while you think about that. All right, so I want you to hold that beatitude. I, I don't know, there might be more than one. Um, I, I'm not sure. But which one, which one has got your attention today? And I want you to hold on to that and uh, just listen out. We, we, we're going to go through this a couple of times and uh, listen out to what God may be saying directly to you. All right. And, and then I also want you to meditate on that that one beatitude, maybe it's just one, maybe it's two or three, or maybe there's, there's more, who knows. But I want you to hold on to it. And, and, and after all is said and done here today uh, in this service, I want you to meditate on it through the week. Okay, and I'm going to give you some, uh, some tips or some help on how to actually go about meditating on it. Now, my first point that I want to make today is that these beatitudes describe Jesus Christ. God came to earth as a man, and he walked this earth as a man. And Jesus exemplifies all of the qualities of these Beatitudes. So I want to start this morning with Jesus. Now, now perhaps you are here today, you've been invited by a friend, and, and, and you, you might not be a Christian, and you're listening in. Well, I, I would just like to introduce Jesus to you and say that he came down, he, he was God, he came and he walked and he lived as a man. He lived perfectly. He had the perfect attitude and uh, the perfect actions. He was completely righteous. And then for your sins, he died for you. This is what we call the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, who has come to save you from your sins. And then after he had died and was put to death, he actually rose. He was risen from the dead. And uh, to prove that the penalty had been paid once and for all. This is what Jesus has done for us. So that's just by way of introduction. So these Beatitudes on the first level, they point to Jesus because it demonstrates some of how Jesus actually lived, how Jesus thought about life, how Jesus thought about how one should actually live life. These are Jesus's words, the Beatitudes. He's saying, 
he's getting our attention and he's saying, if you, if you really want to live life well, live like me, and then this is how I live too. And uh, these Beatitudes exemplify and typify Jesus. So, for example, Jesus was poor in spirit. Uh, poverty of spirit means, it's, it, as in a, a financial sense, is when you've, you, 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 you've really got nothing. And people who've got nothing financially are very desperate on something or someone else who's bigger and stronger to help them. And in a spiritual sense, uh, having, being poor in spirit means humility, means relying and depending on God. And that's how Jesus lived. He lived in submission and in dependence on God for everything. He lived perfectly as a man. He lived a life in the flesh. Jesus also mourned. Jesus was a man of sorrows. Jesus knew the difficulty on earth. Don't you think that's amazing that God would limit himself and subject himself to actually being in a position where he would feel human emotions like, like tears and like hardship and like agony. And uh, so if that's you today, if you're going through some, some difficulty or some agony and you, 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 you're feeling like you're, you're mourning, then I want to tell you that Jesus can empathize with you because when he walked the earth, he also had moments where he mourned. Jesus was meek. Now, now, meekness is one of my favorite ones. Okay, just full disclosure, meekness is one of my favorite ones in the list. And what meekness means, it's not weakness, okay? What meekness means is trusting God to be your defender. Meek means trusting God to be your defender. You, you, you trust that God in his strength will defend you and protect you and look after you. Jesus could go to the cross knowing that his father would defend him. Jesus was the meekest person who ever walked the earth. Jesus hungered and thirsted for righteousness. On, on a literal level, he was actually in the desert for 40 days on one occasion, fighting with the devil, and he hungered and he thirsted for righteousness. Uh, metaphorically, he lived to be righteous. He lived with, with, with a degree of passion, with a degree of, of, of intense focus on, on living a righteous life. Uh, this describes Jesus. Jesus was merciful. There's one thing you can say about Jesus is that he is merciful. Uh, he, he, he forgives. He has these profound powers to forgive. Even though people put him to death when, when he was totally innocent and didn't deserve it, he wants to forgive and bring mercy. The one thing we know, one of the ultimate things we know about Jesus and about God is that he is gracious. He wants to forgive. He wants to bring mercy to you. So you might be sitting there and you're feeling a bit guilty about sin or something in your life. Let me tell you today, Jesus wants to give you mercy. And uh, he gave mercy to people on earth. Jesus was pure in heart. Uh, his, his whole way of thinking was, um, was with, with, with a sense of, of purity. And uh, there's, there's beauty that comes with purity. Jesus was the most beautiful person who ever lived because uh, he had such high understandings and demonstrations of, of what a pure and what a good life is. And it was, it was good actually in his heart, not only in what he did, but in actually who he was in the substance of his very being. He was pure in every ways. And uh, this is a great one. Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. Um, sometimes we think of peace as the, as the feeling that we have in, in our souls. And, and that's good. That, that is definitely a form of peace. But there's also a peace uh, which comes between two parties that are at war, right? War and peace. And um, Jesus has come to bring peace. He's come to bring an end to the war. And uh, you might feel like you're fighting with God. And again, perhaps you, you're not a Christian and you're listening in. And, 
and, uh, and perhaps you feel like you are at war with God or you are God's enemy. Well, what Jesus has done is that he has come to bring you peace. He makes peace. Jesus makes peace. That's, the, that's also one thing we can definitely say is, he, is he, he comes to make peace with humanity and with the earth. Okay, so big point number one, the Beatitudes describe Jesus in, in, in all of his splendor. Now, the Beatitudes, uh, are uh, they, they begin with this phrase. They go, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. So uh, it's a good question to ask is, well, what does blessed mean? <laughs> now, that, that's another way of actually asking is what, what is celebrated? What is, what is to be congratulated? Uh, this word blessed, the, the sort of the original Greek word, it, it means something along the lines of you are very fortunate if, fill in the blank, you are to be envied if you have this. That's, that's some of the, the, the connotation. Uh, God's favor is on you. You, you should be happy. Uh, that's what it means to be blessed. Now, let me say that there are many, many, many products on the market that are trying to sell you blessing. Uh, this product will bless you. If you have this, you will be blessed. If you have this product or this relationship or this amount of money or this status, or you will be blessed. There, there are many competitors out there to offer you blessing. But what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? And so what I've called it is a congratulations profile. And uh, by that, I mean, is it's like if you have a baby or you get married, people come and say, hey, congratulations, or at least they do in my culture. I'm not sure about India. Um, and you, put it this way, you're in the right place at the right time when this happens to you. It's a sense of celebration, of happiness to you, or wow, things are going really well for you. You are blessed. God's favor is on you. And don't you think it's amazing that the success profile, as it were, lists all these things, such as when you are poor in spirit, when you are humble, when, when, you, when you think of yourself in true proportion, when, when you see yourself as very small and you see God as very big, congratulations, you, you are thinking rightly about the world. That is the path, that is the key to happiness. That's what Jesus is really saying. And he's, what he's also saying is... Uh, is um, you, 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 you're in the right place. You're thinking about things correctly. Uh, you are blessed. And it will also lead to happiness. If you, if you do these things, it's going to lead to happiness. So, so many people in the world, at least I speak for Singapore, but I'm sure it's the same in Delhi, are, are, are trying to figure out who they are, what they should do, and what success really looks like. Well, Jesus is giving you a success profile here. And he's saying, uh, if, you, if you can be humble, then, then, then you're, in a, you're, you're in a good place. This is a strange one. If, you, if you're mourning, this is a very, at, at first blush, at, 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 at superficially, when you first read this, it, it seems a bit strange. What, why is he saying that you are blessed if you, if you mourn? Well, I'm not saying he, he, he wants to hurt you. God is not a sadist. He's, he doesn't want to lead you into difficulty. That, that's not what he's saying here. But what he is saying is that if you are mourning, if you find yourself in a place where you are mourning, then there's, a, there's, there's the potential and there's the possibility for happiness to come to you. And I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, if you're meek, if you are trusting God to be your defender, maybe you've got something at work 
Maybe someone is, um, is saying terrible things about you. Maybe your reputation is in the balance. Maybe you're being accused of something. Maybe people are thinking things about you which you don't really like. Maybe there's some, there's some sort of attack against you. Well, if you trust God to defend you, if you put your faith in God to love you and look after you and watch over you, maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe you feel like you're under attack through financial scarcity. If you trust God to defend you, then Jesus says, then you're blessed. That, that, that is a blessed way to think about the world. Uh, if you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, that's, that's a path to blessing. You, you will live a blessed life. You, you will lead a successful life in the eyes of God if you hunger and if you thirst for righteousness. If you are merciful, if you are merciful, if you are kind, if you are gracious and generous and forgiving to people who hurt you and wrong you, then, uh, then, then, then you are blessed, says Jesus. If you are pure in heart, if you are pure in heart, if you, if you, uh, if you, if you, if you, if you prize purity, if you prize innocence of thought, innocence of attitude, innocence of speech about other people, uh, then you, you're on the path to blessing, says uh, Jesus. And if you're a peacemaker, um, there are many ways we can think about making peace today, but let me just give you one. If you don't gossip, then you are blessed. Because so often through our gossip, through our words, we are actually causing war. Uh, and by the way, an interesting thing to do is to put all these in the reverse, right? Is to see what the opposites of these are and to see that, well, they will result in anti-blessing, the opposite of what blessing is, right? Are you a war maker with your speech, with your words, with the way you think and talk about other people? Or are you a peacemaker? If, if uh, someone's reputation is being discussed, a third party who's absent in your presence, do you make peace or do you make war? Okay, so these are some of the ways to go about living in God's kingdom. But I also want to say this, is that these are also some of the ways to enter God's kingdom. And because uh, I think Jesus is talking at multiple levels here. So again, for any of you on, uh, on this call today who are not Christians, um, you might be thinking about how does one enter God's kingdom or God's family or, or enter uh, into God's salvation? Well, well what, what I can say to you is, is, first of all, is be humble. Admit that you are wrong. Admit that God is right. Admit that you have a problem with sin. If you are poor in spirit like this, then uh, you will enter God's kingdom. You need to mourn for your sin. You need to take your sin seriously and say, and, and acknowledge that you are a sinful person. You, you, there needs to be some sadness for your sin. Trust that God will forgive you, of course. Uh, you need to be meek. Uh, you, you need to understand that on, if you receive Jesus and what he's done for you on the day of judgment, he is going to defend you because he, he wants to give you his own righteousness. Speaking of righteousness, you, you, you need to see that sin is really bad and it's, and it's causing such destruction in your life and in the world. You need to repent of it. You need to mourn of it. And then you also need to, to have a hunger for, yes, I, I need righteousness. And, and you need to accept that Jesus wants to give you his righteousness. And then you need to have an understanding of, of mercy. Uh, to enter the kingdom, you need to realize that Jesus has given you his mercy, that he wants to forgive you and forgive your soul completely. 
and uh, to to enter the kingdom you 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 also need to 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 have a sense of purity of this again this this hatred or this dislike of sin and you throw yourself at the mercy of Jesus to forgive you of of all the impurity in your life and then of course you need to realize that you're at war with God and that he can make peace with you okay so moving it on so the beatitudes describe Jesus the beatitudes describe the kind of life you want to live the Beatitudes also describe on some levels how you can actually enter the kingdom, how you can actually become a follower of Jesus for the first time. So there are multiple things going on here all at once. But now let's look at the other side of the equation because the formula goes like this. Blessed are, if, if you do A, then B will happen. If you do A, then B will happen and then you know that you are blessed. So let's look at things from the other side of the coin. So blessed are the poor in spirit. And what happens when you're poor in spirit, you get the kingdom of heaven, all right? Um, Let me just talk to the Christians for the moment here. What this means is that when you are humble, when you are humble, when when you see yourself in true proportion, which is to say you see yourself as small, but you see God as huge and as powerful and as almighty and as incredible, then uh, what you get is an experience of the kingdom of God and of its power. You can, as it were, you can possess the kingdom in the moment. You can actually experience the kingdom. You're in the kingdom already because you're a Christian. But in your life, at work, or in your relationships, or in your family, if you can have humility, if you can see God as big, if you can be preoccupied with the bigness and the power of God, and you can be humble, because that's what humility is, by the way, the definition of humility is, uh, is, is not necessarily thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Because you are so preoccupied with looking at God and celebrating him. If you can be like that, then I think what Jesus is promising you here is that you can, you can have an experience of the kingdom of God. If you are mourning, if you are in a place of mourning, you're a Christian and, you, and you're going through something really difficult, something really hard, is going on in your life, and you're sad, in a word, you're sad, then uh, the promise from Jesus to you this morning is that he wants to come and comfort you. And so encoded, reading between the lines here, is what he's saying is those who are suffering and who are in in, in a tough place, he has a special, special form and version of comfort that he wants to bring you. It's called his intimacy. It's called his closeness. It's, it's called his, his unbelievable presence and love that he wants to wrap his arms around you and, and bring you comfort today. By the way, this is a big one for your church. I, when I was praying for you this morning, I felt like God was really highlighting this one, okay? <laughs> if you're suffering, God is promising you an extra special, extraordinary level of comfort that he wants to meet you in your, in your suffering and your pain right now. Uh, if you are meek, if you are facing something where you need Jesus to defend you, then uh, the promise is this, is that you'll inherit the earth. You'll inherit the earth. <laughs> if, if, if you're up against it, if you're being attacked and you need to defend yourself and you trust God to defend you from whatever the assailant is, whatever the attacker is, be it financial scarcity or some enemy or some bad situation or something that's coming against you and you trust God to defend you, then the promise is that you will inherit something. Now, uh, there's a lot I could say about this. In fact, I could, I could, I could preach a whole se- a sermon series on this, but I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> uh, 
Inheritance is Old Testament language for getting a promise. Inheritance is Old Testament language for getting a promise. You see, they had to go into the promised land and inherit it. It was all marked out for them. God promised, hey, this tribe will get this land. This clan will get this land. This family and within the clan will get this land. It's promised for you. And you have to go into it and receive your promise and get your promise. So it, just to put it very simply this morning, if you're needing God to defend you and you trust him to defend you, inherit the earth, what that means, it's, it's code language for this. He will make good on his promise to you. This begs the question, what is God promising you? What, what, is, what, what has God been asking or promising you? If you trust him to defend you and to take you into his promises, then he will inherit the promise for you. And then you become the beneficiary of the good things that he wants to promise you. Okay. So uh, uh, that's quite a lot of thoughts, but um, seeing that uh, I've only have another six or so minutes, I'm going to move on. Um, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the promise is you will be satisfied. All right. Now, let me tell you, this is, this is a whopper. Okay. Now, all of them are whoppers, but this one is a big whopper. Okay. Uh, okay. Whopper in South African means um, th this is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so, because so many people are dissatisfied. Hello. So many people are dissatisfied. But here, Jesus is saying to you, I can satisfy your soul. But the, the way to get his satisfaction is if you have a hunger and a thirst for, 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 for righteousness. He wants to satisfy you. Um, if you are merciful, if you are forgiving to people, if people have hurt you, if people have done terrible things to you, if, if you're really suffering this morning because of someone else's sin against you and you forgive them, then you will have a taste and you will have an experience of the extreme mercy which God has given you. You see, the best way to understand forgiving someone else is to understand that God has forgiven you. And when you go through that process of having to forgive someone, you forgive someone five cents. You realize God has forgiven you a million dollars. Blessed are the merciful, for they, they will have a deep and profound understanding of how, how much mercy they have already received themselves. Blessed are the pure in heart. Listen to this. You will see God. <laughs> okay. Now, on, on one level, it means you're going to see God uh, ultimately in heaven one day for sure. But what it also means is down here on earth, and I'm talking to the Christians here, is that when you, when, when you, when you, when you try and have purity of heart, you will see evidence of God's operation. You will see evidence of God's activity. You, you will experience God in the here and now in real time down here on earth. Uh, and if you're a peacemaker, then you will be called the son of God. Now, it, 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 by the way, all these things aren't, they're not conditional in the sense of you've got to live a perfect life. You've got to do all this stuff and only then will I save you. It's the other way around. Jesus says, Hey, look, you're really bad at all this stuff. I, I perfected it. I aced it. I'm, I'm excellent. I did it all. And I want to give it to you. I want to give my righteousness to you and my salvation so that now that you are saved, now that you have my salvation, you can live a life which exemplifies and typifies these sort of things. Okay. If you are a peacemaker, and again, my example this morning is just on gossip. If, if you speak well of others, and if you, if you breed peace, and if you bring peace to your church and to your community and to your family, 
then uh, you're going to hear, you already are a son of God, okay? That was my point just now. When you enter the faith, you become a child of God. Nothing can shake that. Whether you, whether you do the Beatitudes or not, doesn't matter. You, you, you are forever a child of God. And that's your identity as a child of him. But from time to time, when you make peace, not war with people, then you hear the father saying over you, well done, my child. You are my child. You're doing exactly what a child of mine uh, should do based on what I have done for you. Made you my child through making peace with you. So you can hear the father speak that over your life. Okay. And then on our final section, you might be needing some encouragement. You might say, Perch, this sounds great. I love the list. It sounds like a great recipe for life and sort of thing that I need to aim at for life, but it's really hard. <laughs> I've really tried to do this and I've failed a lot of times. Well, first of all, be encouraged. Jesus has done it for you. Jesus accepts you whether you're good at this or not. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to give you power. And one of the ways he wants to help you is for you to see these in reverse. You see, because you, you can go up the beatitude, you can also go down the beatitude. If you are really wanting to do one of these beatitudes and you're finding a little hard, then what I want to encourage you to do is to begin with the end and work your way backwards. What do I mean? Is that if, you, if you're finding it hard to be humble, to be poor in spirit, I want you to meditate on what it's like to have possession of the kingdom of heaven the kingdom that God has brought you into. I want you to think of what it's like to have all the benefits of God's kingdom, his power, his righteousness, his love. I mean, the totality of the kingdom has been given to you. Think how great that is. And then the next time you need to, to exercise humility, then you can just say to yourself, you know, it's a really easy thing to see myself as small and to see God as huge because I'm already living in the bigness of God. So you, you travel down the beatitude uh, to help you to be poor in spirit. What about when, you, when you're mourning and uh, you, you're finding it really hard to trust God in your, in your place of difficulty? I want you to focus on his comfort. I want you to focus on his comfort. And I want you to go, God, there's a promise there for me that you said I would be blessed if I'm going through something difficult because you will comfort me. And then you focus on uh, God's comfort. And then that'll help you to mourn in a godly way. If you're finding it hard to be meek, if you're finding it hard to defend yourself, then what you need to do is remind yourself, oh, it's God. God is my defender. He's going to lead me into the land. He's going to lead me into his promises. It's all about him and his power. He's going to defend me at the right time. He's going to lead me into all the good promises that he has for me. Uh, if you're finding it hard to live a life of righteousness, let's say you're finding pornography difficult, for example. Let, let's say there's some sin which keeps recurring. I want you to focus on the satisfaction. I want you to satisfy your soul in God. I want you to say, God, you promised that you would satisfy me. Now satisfy me. And if you are satisfied with him, you'll find it easier to uh, tackle sin. Um, if you're finding it hard to forgive someone, this is a great example of this. Then what I want you to do is focus on God's mercy to you. And then you flood your soul and your system with God's mercy. And then you travel back down the beatitude and that'll help you exercise mercy for someone else. And if you're finding it hard to be pure in heart, then what I want, I want you to meditate and think on, wow, wouldn't it be amazing to see God, to, to see evidence of, to see his fingerprints 
in my life, in my job, in my work, in my family, in my marriage, my relationships, and so on. And uh, be inspired and encouraged by that. And then uh, if you're finding it hard to make peace with someone, then I want you to focus on what it is to be a son of God or a daughter of God. And you say, you know, everything about being a son or a daughter of God is that uh, it's about peace and it's about me making peace with others. Okay, I am uh, two minutes over my time allotment, uh, for which I do apologize. But, uh, but hey, we've been talking about the Beatitudes and mercy. Okay, so <laughs> I get the mercy from you all today. And uh, if those two minutes cause you to mourn, well, then uh, you know what to do as well. So, uh, so that's it for me. I, I wanted to just encourage you and lift your spirits and uh, give you a framework that you can focus on in this time of COVID. And, uh, and if, if one of these Beatitudes is yelling at you, I want you to hold on to it. I want you to travel up it. I want you to meditate on the first part. I want you to meditate on the other part. I want you to put it together. I want you to see how Jesus did it and meditate on that. And uh, that's a way to um, take you forward. Love you guys. Praying for you. And uh, God bless you. Over and out. Ranjit, over to you.